All right, what up? Uh, it's another uh, episode of Funny Stories with Ocean Glapion, man. I'm excited today. Uh, I have one of the Plastic Cup boys, very, very funny, very talented writer, comedian, actor, Naeem Lin. Y'all, what's good? What's going on, man? Chilling, chilling. Uh, now, where you from? Uh, originally from New Jersey. New Jersey? Uh, yeah, then I spent 11 years a hard time in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> then I uh, moved to L.A. Uh, 10 years ago. Nice, nice. Why you say it's hard time in Philly? That's what it was. It was a hard time <laughs> shit. Right. College, being a starving artist, being broke, living in the projects, you know. Uh, phones off one whole summer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> stealing, stealing bagels and shit out of the cafeteria at my old school. Eating on the 99 cent menu every day at Wendy's. Yeah. Thank God gas wasn't expensive back then. I right. filled up my tank. I had a Honda Civic. Filled my tank up with about 12 bucks. So, you know. You can roll anywhere on a Honda Civic, oh, yeah, 12 yeah. bucks. Yeah, I used to, that shit used to last me the week. <laughs> yeah. No, Honda Civics. I, my first car was a Honda Civic. Yeah. And it's like the gas was just amazing on. I think I'm going to go back to a Honda, man. Hey, man. <laughs> These joints. I don't blame you. I, I, w- I, I wish I would have thought of the idea of the guy that pushed the... Uh, you know, these scooters, and they leave them all around the city and everywhere, and you just jump on them joints oh, and yeah, just go. You, you rent them, right? You rent them for, like, yeah. a dollar and then, like, a nickel a mile or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, just like they got the bikes you can rent now, too. But them scooters, somebody don't get fucked up on one of them scooters. I know. <laughs> but they've already, ha- already is, like, $2 billion company. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, man. So it's like, and they're going everywhere. But they're going to start to, like, make sure you put on a helmet. You're going to just look like a whole... <laughs> <laughs> Robot matter, on that joint. You don't matter, motherfuckers be in and out. Of, that shit is for the sidewalk. Right. Yeah, motherfuckers be in and out of right. people in the street. They think they have a motorcycle on that shit. Right. So, yeah. Right. Know, I mean, it's a great idea. Um, I just wonder what type of insurance comes with that. Maybe you have to sign some. Maybe some type of release when you when you rent them. I don't. I don't know, but it needs to be. Right. So how long you been doing comedy for? How long you you been in that? I celebrated twenty years this year. Man, congratulations, man. How did you get started? You just on a dare? Like, that's... Nah, oh, okay. Nah, it wasn't no dare for me. It was, uh, I don't know, I was in college, and um, this dude I know used to do um, these uh, talent shows. It was like a spoken word hip-hop joint called Baptism by Fire. And uh, I don't know, I just seen him one day. I don't even, I don't even remember if I was even thinking about that shit. I already, I always knew in the back of my mind, I, I had a... I kind of wanted to do stand-up. Right. I had a heavy interest in comedy. I don't know. I just seen them one day, and I was like, yo, when the next time y'all having one? I can't remember if I was actually waiting to see him to ask him or if I just seen him and asked right. him. I think I might have been waiting to see him. And he was like, um, and he's like, we're going to have one soon. I said, let me know like a month before because I want to do some stand-up. I want to prepare a routine. Right. And that was the only talent show that I knew about to where I could try to get off, even though it had nothing to do with comedy. Now, was this in Philly? Yeah, this was okay. at, my, at my college. Okay. And I seen him, he was like, all right. Then he hit me a month before, <laughs> and I prepared a long, I had like a 20-minute set of my first time ever on stage. Right. Yeah, which is unheard of. Unheard of. Yeah. So when I, when I did it, I was more nervous about memorizing it than I was about um, going on stage. Right. You know, it was... I knew that it was going to be, I knew that, I don't know, I just wasn't really scared about performing. I knew it was in front of my peers, you know, and 
I felt like I had some funny shit. I was laughing to myself while, you know, doing some of the material in the mirror, you know, that uh-huh. shit. Then it was great. It was great. I had my first... In my whole life, I may have got probably like 10 standing notes. And my first time on stage was the first one. Word? Yeah. And I, I, I got a big head after that. I thought I was going <laughs> to Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Formed again like a month later. Right. Not the same. Nah. I bombed so bad. Matter of fact, I quit after that. I quit after that because I, I performed again at, at school. And um, it's one thing you perform at a club, you don't got to see those people again. Right. You know, you perform at school, you bomb, you got to see them motherfuckers the next day. Every day, right. So, that was, it was rough. And I, I didn't like the feeling. Mm-hmm. I was embarrassed. So, I quit. And I started, I started back again like seven months later. Because one of my friends begged me to. And then I stuck with it after that. Nice. And then you just... Did you ever think that you would be this successful in it? Like when you first started? Well, I mean... It depends on what you measure success by. If you measure measure success by um, money and and material things, then uh, you can say I'm successful. But when it comes to my resume, I mean, I think it's average. I wouldn't say I would never say I'm this successful. Or you know, I, I've done a lot of shit based off of another person. I mean, for a stand up. You know, a little bit of acting shit I got on my own. Uh, the, all the stand-up TV that I've booked, I've gotten on my own. And I've done a lot of that, but um, the my resume doesn't add up with my financial success. Right. Uh, but to answer your question, mm-hmm. I always knew that I was going to be um, successful. I just didn't. It was never a doubt in my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm too smart. I'm too smart right. to, to fail. Um, I, I realized early on that this game uh, has a lot to do with strategy. Right. Where you got a lot of people out here just kind of... You got a lot of people that are funny as hell. They're talented, but they just don't... They don't know which way is up. Right. They don't know how to make it to that next level. They're thinking that somebody's going to come in one day and discover them. Right. And it don't work like that. Right. You kind of got to set yourself up to win. And one of the moves that I made was traveling to L.A. I knew that I would have more opportunities once I came out here. But I had to make sure I was financially stable before I moved out here because, you know, you can't make no money doing stand-up here. No, not at all. So, I mean, I've never had a roommate here. From the, I've been 10 years now. And I, this is my one, two, three. I have three apartments. It's my second house. So, um... And this and this house is dope. It's, it's dope. Thanks, man. It's, it's dope. I, I still got my other house, too. I'm about to start working it out. Oh, okay. So, you know, once you get to that point, then, you know, you got money making, making you got shit making money for you, then you are doing better than a lot of people. Right. You know, it's a lot of entertainers out here that are struggling. Motherfuckers you see on TV every day and they ain't got it. They ain't got it together. But... You know, I, I think I've been pretty smart. You know, I've uh, I, I played. I, you know, I've spent a lot of money on bullshit. Right. But as most people do. Right. But I also, I mean, I wanted to have fun. You know, right. in my thirties, I went. I was broke forever. So once I, I got to my thirties, I started making money. It's like, yo, let me experience a little bit of, you know, a little fun, uh, get the benefits of my labor. Right. And then um, I got to a point to where I, where I wanted to own. I actually, I actually wanted to buy a house. 
what was that, 2000, it was either 2000, I think it was 2013, I wanted to buy a house, but uh, my business manager at the time talked me out of it, it was a townhouse, talked me out of it, and it was, it was nice and it was cheap, so I ended up waiting till 2015 when the market was starting to boom again, uh-huh. and the house that I got, I mean, it was brand new construction, it was nice, but it was, it was expensive. Um, but if it was a second option, I wanted another house, a single family house, ended up buying a townhouse. Uh, and if I wouldn't, wouldn't have bought that, then I wouldn't be here right now. So, you know, I trust timing. Yeah, trust timing. So you felt like you should have got it earlier or you felt like it was cool that you got it later? Well, I don't know. I, th- I don't know. I could be, I don't know what my, my finances could be greater now if I bought that first house. Right. But um, my business manager was like, no, townhouses depreciate in value. But it's like, yo, the, I, I really didn't, I didn't believe him. So I'm like, yo, the market is starting to boom right now. Things are going back up. So I don't know. I know the townhouse that I ended up buying two years later has already appreciated like 150 grand. Wow. And that's over uh, shit, less than three year time period. Wow. That real estate game is like <laughs> you just gotta you gotta be careful with it, you know. Um, when the market crashes, you gotta be able to maintain this. You gotta, you know, a lot of people shit crashes, people lose their homes. And right. Right now we're on the up and up, and hopefully we'll be on up and up for a while. So my goal is to um, the the townhouse that I own is to pay that off uh, sooner than later. So it's just strictly uh, strict profit, profit, yeah. That's dope. It's so funny that you talk about, uh, you know, how s- smart you are because, you know, just seeing you out in, uh, you know, just around L.A. and before we really hung out and got to know each other, uh, like, you it, you seem so, like, serious, right? Like, you always just, like, didn't really, I would be like, I would always tell people, be like, man, I don't know. Naeem, fuck with me. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll be speaking to him, and he just he just, just look at me like, hey, what's up, man? I'd be like, damn, I'm trying to, you know, just be cool. And then we hung out on, a, on a, like, a humble, I don't know if you remember or not, but we hung out, and it was like, after that night, I told everybody, I was like, man, Naeem is, like, the coolest dude ever. Like, we had fun. It was laughter. It was, it was cool. I was, like, just on initially just... See him in the comedy clubs, it wasn't like that, but just getting to know him, it was like, dude, this dude is hilarious, he's funny and cool as shit. It, I'm just I'm just not friendly, man. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Philly or New Jersey thing? Or is it just something uh, that I mean, it could be partially uh because of where I'm from, but uh, then it's like you know, you I'm I'm such a good friend right. that I'm like careful about who I befriend. Right. Because, um, you know, when I was in high school, when I was growing up, like, my, my best friends were growing up are still my best friends. Mm-hmm. Like, like, three of them. And then I got some some female friends that are, like, my sisters, you know. And uh, when I got to college, I made a whole new set of friends. So much so, so I was like, damn, if I get married, damn, I'm going to have shit. <laughs> my, my grooms, man, I'm going to have, like, ten grooms. Right, That's right. what I was thinking. Right. right. And then... Um, I realized that a lot of those friends from college were kind of just there for a season. Right. And I was disappointed about that. You know, the people that I thought I was like, will be lifelong friends. 
you know, they got they got too busy for me or they or they, they changed and everything. And I don't have a problem with people changing, just change for the better. You know, change is inevitable, but you have to you know, I embrace friendships. So, you know, you go through that and then you're like, okay, all right. Because, you know, it, it shit bothers me. Right. It, it bothers me. So I'm like, all right, be careful, more, more careful about who I befriend. And then when I moved to L.A., um, you know, just experiencing more of that, you know, you let people get, get in and then some people were like, they fake. They're trying to come up. You know what I mean? Everybody's out here in survival mode. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's when you that's when you learn a person's true character when they're in survival mode. Right. You know, when the motherfucker down to their last last couple of dollars and and they need some money, uh, will they throw you under the bus to get it? Will they say, uh, "Why you got him hosting? I should be hosting." Or why you got this? <laughs> doing, you know, I should be. I'm I'm better than him. You know, when people start doing that, you like, damn, I thought we was cool. You know. Right, like you don't, and and then often those same people that you shit on are people that that are, are going to be able to maybe be able to help you in the future. You know, it's this, this comedian from Jersey. I, I'm not even gonna say his name because I don't, I don't, I dislike him so much that I don't want to give him any energy. But I will tell right. you a story about him. Um, you know, he came up in the game a little bit after me. Funny dude, and he was hosting rooms. You know, and he was, you know, he's a, a fast talker. You know, right, he, he's a hustler, so he kept getting rooms. He's hosting stuff, and he put people on and shit. And then um, he would burn people, you know, he's like not paying him. Or one time he kept bumping me. I was supposed to do a show in Jersey. He kept bumping me, bumped me like two times in a row. Then, then um, this one time, and I was, you know, at this at this point in your career, you expecting that money, right? You, right. You might even. <laughs> You you might even like all right okay I, I can eat this with dinner tonight <laughs> I know, this one tomorrow you know absolutely so, he's like yo um he hit me like the day before no like two days before like yo I, um let me put you on the show next month because I got uh Tyler is in town Tyler from Atlanta uh-huh. a lot he's in town yo just let me let me put I said no man I said no you keep bumping me yo you I mean you can put him on without paying him. He just happened to be in town. Let him do a spot. He don't gotta get paid. I'm like, right. nah, I'm not. I'm not going for that this time. He's like, I, right, right, I got you. Then the next day, he hit me and told me that they canceled the show. I was like, okay, all right, cool. I know he was lying. So I drove all the way from Philly to North Jersey, hour and a half, just so I could walk in, look him in his face, and call him a liar and tell him I would never fuck with him again. And um, you know, since then, I haven't fucked with him. He still be trying, you know, not not anymore, not anymore. But for a long time, he like, come on, man, let that shit go, man. I'm like, nah. I say you whack as fuck. I can't, I can't fuck with you. And um, so wait, what was the what was the the drive like your drive there? I know you like. I always talk about in my comedy a little bit. I talk about mm-hmm. in relationships. You you know you talking to yourself, right? You you know what you go like was well, that? I wasn't, you know, I wasn't. It wasn't like. It wasn't like I was trying to pep talk myself. I knew he was lying. So right, right, right. I would just listen to music. I'm <laughs> chilling. You was just chilling. I was chilling. I wasn't because it was one of those things where, you know, you you got you got the anger that makes you want to fight a motherfucker, right. and then you got the anger to where you like, I'm about to I'm I'm about to 
remove this person from my life permanently. Right. But I'm about to do this shit so cold that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he gonna have his mouth wide open. Right. And that's what I did. So you just walked in. How was his face when you walked in? He just <laughs> come on, now. come on, man. Don't do me like that. Shit, y'all. Right. So I never fuck with you again, and I have it till this day. Wow. I hold, I hold grudges. I'm great at that shit. You're going to grudge. I'm great at it. I'm, I'm the most forgiving person, uh-huh. but when it comes to this, this career thing, mm-hmm. this comedy shit, and, and acting, whatever. Right. I hold grudges. I hear you. I mean, I'm, I'm approaching a time period in my career where things are uh, things looking up, things look like are about to change, and there's, uh, there's people that have had opportunities to give me work. Or at least give me a, a chance to audition, or right? Shit like that, and and they have it. So, you know, I'm when I get in that position, I'm more interested in discovering talent, uh, helping out the people that are around me. You know what I'm saying? Giving them opportunities to at least give them a chance. To right, them, right. Know? I'm not saying I'm just gonna be like, if I get a show, the first thing I'm gonna do is like, yo. Everybody, you playing this character, you playing this character, like it, it can't go like that, you know, because right. I don't have that type of power yet. Right. But I want to, I'm like, yo, demand, like, hey, these three guys right here, they need to audition for these couple parts. Um, if they don't book these couple parts, then I want them to have these two lines in, right. this, in this first episode. They're like they're gonna they're gonna be in it. They're gonna be in it. They're gonna be in it one way or another. Right. You know, man. It may only be like one line, two line, but yo, I'm I'm doing for you what I could with the power that I had. Right. I'll give you an opportunity to get a major part. Right. You know, you gotta. I, I mean, I can even. I don't know how much power I will have, but I'm a. I'm gonna test it. Right. I'm gonna push it, and, but you know, a lot of times people want you to do shit for them. Once they get to a certain level, but you have to be able to deliver. You have to. Because a motherfucker, you get a TV show, you want your TV show to succeed. You're right. not going to put on your, your homies that can't act <laughs> right. and fuck it up. Right. You know? Absolutely. So my whole thing is always, to my friends, always been like, yo, make sure when I'm able to do something for you, make sure you deserve it. You know? And, um, and, and the way you deserve it is by... Working hard. Right. You know, don't just sit around waiting for me to get something. Right. Work hard so that I can say, yo, this is my boy, he deserves it. And I say, work hard and then and, and be prepared. Be ready. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny because, like, I've asked you, uh, you know, different, like, times of, like, yo, do you have, you know, you have a show or whatever. And you've always been like, oh, I got this person that I'm already doing it with. Mm-hmm. And I've always respected that. I've always been like, yo, that's, you know what I mean? That's dope as hell. Cause you know, when I'm in that position, I want to be able to go, oh, I got this person that I've always fucked with mm-hmm. and always been cool with me and take them on. You right. know what I mean? I mean, the, the person that opens for me the most is Jonathan Martin. Jonathan, I, I've known him since kindergarten. Right. So, um, not only do I know that he's not going to fuck my show up, he, you know, he, <laughs> He's funny. He's a good host. He's a good opener. And um, I already know him. You know, right. there's a trust level there. Right. So it works. If I don't use him, then I use Trey. Yeah, I was going to say Trey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, when I was doing this, uh, 
a little run when I was able to do uh, host and feature. I was letting Vanessa host. So, I mean, that's really the three, the two, the three. Pretty much, you yeah, mess with, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't really, you know, I ain't really nobody. That's that's another good thing about keeping your circle small, right? You got less people you need to look out for, right? Absolutely, you know absolutely, I mean? absolutely. It is, and it's okay to like be by yourself. I had to learn that. It took a while for me to learn it's, it's cool to not have a gang of friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you you know don't mean? want that out here. Right. You don't want that out here. Because they're not, they, they not your real friends, first of all. Niggas is full of shit, yo. <laughs> right, all right. All right, so we found a little bit about you, right? Mm-hmm. So this, uh, everybody knows that listens to this podcast. It's Funny Stories with Ocean. Uh so I give you the opportunity to go first or go second. You want to tell a funny story, or you want me to go first, or you want to go second, or um, so you go f- whatever you want to do. Well, I want me to hear your story first, and then, <laughs> yeah, right. and then maybe I'll have a. I do have a story about you know you mentioned maybe like a, a dating story or something. Uh-huh. I do have a funny story, but let's hear your story first. Okay, I might have something that relates to that story as well. All right, so. Uh, my story is, and it's all in the news right now, right, is uh, Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. So I used to, uh, I'm from New Orleans, but I, would used to, I used to come back and forth. So I would go to school out here in L.A. And then I would, I went to Birmingham High School in the Valley. Oh, you went to high school? Yeah, yeah, I went to high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to Birmingham, and then I would go back and forth uh, to New Orleans and then that's how I was able to come out here when I turned 21 because mm-hmm. I just knew that I knew people right. so and I knew I wouldn't be struggling like you know you save money I already knew I had family mm-hmm. and shit yeah. like that yeah exactly so uh, it was like the height of the Cosby show right and uh, Bill Cosby I was we were taking a yellow bus to the uh, to Birmingham because I was getting bussed in from the hood and the yellow bus, for some reason, uh, the school bus got there super early, mm-hmm. right? So it was super early. We, me and my boys, we put our bags down. We wouldn't put it in the locker. We was like, we're going to go play ball. Now, Birmingham is in, the, is in L.A. Valley. They have, the, like, the most beautiful football field. And they, like, do a lot of movies there, mm-hmm. all kind of shit, right? So this football field is amazing. It has a track around it. So they do a lot of filming. So we go put our stuff down. We're like, all right, we're going to go to the course and play ball. So as we go in out there, we see this, like, dope-ass Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. right? This big black dude standing at the Rolls Royce. And then we just looking like, but it's, like, early. So we kind of looking, and then we kind of get closer, and we see it's Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Now, Bill Cosby is coming around the track. It's like he's getting off. So he kind of know that everybody is coming in. Running? He was running around the track, mm-hmm. right? He, I remember he had his temple a sweater on. Mm-hmm. Everything it was the height of the Cosby show. And we, I was like, oh, shit, they go Bill Cosby. So all the kids was like, yo, oh, you the, you know, you the, go say something. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, shit. Like, they're like, yeah, he, you know, he ain't going to say shit. Just go say something. I'm like, I'm like all right, all right. So he, he come around, right? I remember this shit like it was yesterday. He come around, and I'm like, I'm nervous as fuck. I'm like... What's up, Mr. Cosby? How you doing, man? I'm, uh, yo, I'm, yo, I love this show. He's like, yeah, it's cool. I was like, yo, can I get an autograph? And he was like, sure. He was like, uh, you got a piece of paper and pen? And I was like, 
oh, no, I don't I don't have a paper and pen. I just put my stuff in the locker room. I just, man. And he looked at me. He was like, yo, you got to be a stupid little motherfucker to come <laughs> ask me. <laughs> For autograph with no pen and paper. He called you a motherfucker? A stupid little motherfucker. <laughs> I remember it like yesterday. <laughs> he said, you got to be a stupid little motherfucker to come ask me for an autograph with no pen and paper. Like, my face dropped. Like, I was just like, you know, I didn't know the protocol of... I ain't really never seen those celebrities. I didn't never ask for no... I didn't know the protocol. Right. I thought maybe he had a pen and paper. Whatever. I just was like... Dropped and it was because it was Bill Cosby and I was like, oh shit. Uh, I started apologizing like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I, I you know, um, you know, I, I'll be here tomorrow. Will you be here tomorrow? Make sure I have a pen and paper. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he just kind of shook me off and just walked off. He's like, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. I walked and got in the car and drove off. Right. Every day for the next month, I was out there early searching for him. Mm-hmm. It was nowhere to be never came back. <laughs> never came back. <laughs> like, I never watched the Cosby show ever again. Like, ever. And I was so mad. Like, I told my mom when I got home, and she was just like, yeah, yeah, he'll be there tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then every day, I'd be like, mom, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there. And she was just like, well... You know, I was like, I never watched. So, we, you know, you used to sit around and watch the Cosby show. I never would watch. I'd go in my room and just be like, man, fuck him. You was mad that he didn't come back or you was mad that he called you a stupid motherfucker? <laughs> I was mad that he, both. More <laughs> than he called me a stupid little motherfucker and it never came back. Because, you know, he used to be on that no cursing and he was Listen, on that. Bill Cosby is not who people think he is. Right. People don't know how to, don't know how to, um, not decipher between. Tip Huxford and Bill Cosby. Right. Two different people. Two different people. Bill be so quick to tell comedians the way they talk on, on, on stage and the things that they say. Bill Cosby, look, Wayne has a story about um Wayne has a story about when he's playing football at Temple and Bill Cosby came in and, and, and told him at halftime, like, yo, uh y'all motherfuckers better get y'all shit together or I'm out. I'm leaving. And he said Y'all need to y'all coach something to have his head up for around here. He said some real ignorant shit. He said everybody's in the locker room, like mouth wide open. Like Bill is Bill's a creep, man. Right. I've heard plenty of stories. Uh the rape shit, I believe all of it. You believe he ra- he raped all those girls? I mean, you know, I believe he drugged them. Right. I believe that um the majority of those women will come in there to give him some pussy for free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That, um, <laughs> some of them may have already given him some right, right, right. But he just has some sickness with him to where he wants women to be non-responsive when he's having sex with them. It's just, it's a mental shit. It's you want a different, different kind of control. I mean, rappers and athletes do the shit to this day. Right. Molly, put a Molly in a drink. She ain't even know it. And just knock him out. The fuck. I mean, no, Molly's don't knock you out. I think Molly just is just make you happy, make you horny and shit like that. I never I don't take drugs, I don't right. take one, but that's what I hear it does for you. So, um, you know, I guess I guess if you put something in a girl drink then like something like a Molly, which is not gonna knock her out, I guess it's gonna make them more willing, uh, 
put them in a happier space and right. may get them to do some shit that they might not have done. They might not have done, yeah. It may, they might let you, let, let you fuck them in the ass. <laughs> right, 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 right. 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 <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> what if a nigga that you do or trusted, it was like, you was telling him, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know that work. He was like, yeah, man, this shit work like this. And you're like, damn. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. But this is something that's been happening forever, man. You know, just like the the interview with uh, Bill Cosby and Larry King, we talk about Spanish fly. You know, that was the shit they used back in the day, supposed to get you hot. That was the old old um, Molly and ecstasy. And as a kid, I remember people talking about that, and uh, when they said they make a girl hot, and I'm like, I didn't know what the fuck hot meant. Right, right, right. Why right. you wanted to be hot? <laughs> But I mean, it was it was taught to you like it's a like it's a good thing, like, right? Okay, that's it. That's how you get them going. You know what I mean? And um, I believe that uh, at at an early age, you may not think that it's a bad thing, but right. at some point, you have to realize, like, yo, especially it's one thing to give somebody something. It's like you ever seen the movie Love Potion Number Nine? I do, but I don't remember it that well. Love Potion number nine was Sandra Bullock and um, Tate Donovan. And they went to this gypsy lady and she gave them this this serum that you spray in your throat. Right. And whatever it does to your vocal cords, it drives the person of the opposite sex crazy. crazy. Right. And the same sex, it drives them crazy where they want to kill you. <laughs> so if you, touch, if you talk, you spray the shit in your throat and you talk like that around your, uh, when your homies... He might want to fuck you up. Right. But if you talk like that around a girl, let him make it crazy. And right. And that's what the movie was about. And that, now that I'm looking back on the movie, that shit was, <laughs> the movie was about rape. And it was written by Bill Cosby. That's hilarious. It's about rape. to a point where you're giving a willing participant something and you're giving them something that makes them incoherent. Right. You know, then it's like, yo, why do you even want that? Like, if I have sex with somebody, I want some feedback. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, want, I want to know I'm doing good. I don't, I don't want you waking up and talking about what happened. What kind of sick shit is that? <laughs> That's crazy. That absolutely. So yeah, he. And, I mean, it, and you think it's a little too late now? I mean, what are you gonna do? Chill. He chilling in there. It's like, oh, really? Hey, listen. You know what? I believe that his his legacy being tarnished is much much worse to him than him being in prison. Right. You know, people are like ah, oh, you know, he's old. He's gonna die in there. And he may, may not. I mean. But what you leave on this earth is your legacy, you know, from the come statues and plaques and Hollywood star and the Walk of Fame and your TV show being ran forever. You know, you right. Know, TV one fucking Sanford and Son and Good Times still come on. Right. You know, these are shows that you, if you find the right channel, you, you probably could find fucking how to do this. Some shit. Right. Find right. Anything. Right. So. When something like that happens, then 
not only is it ruining your legacy, but it's also taking residual checks from the other people that were in your shows. Right. Uh, Different World and Cosby Show. So, that's the worst part about it. But uh, Bill Cosby has always been extremely judgmental towards black youth, uh, other black entertainers. You know, always judgmental. Like, ah, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't say this. Then he started losing his fucking mind a few years back and saying that the reason why there's crime in the black community is because black people don't eat breakfast. <laughs> what? Yeah, he said that. That's when I was like, oh, this motherfucker's gone. He gone. So, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I've been hangry. <laughs> I'm hangry than a motherfucker. Most time when I'm in a bad mood is because I'm hungry. But I ain't never, <laughs> never said, I eat this one. I'm about to kill somebody. I'm about to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it, ain't never, it ain't never got that bad. It ain't never got that bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. So, that's hilarious. All right, that was my, that's my, my story. What you got, what? So... I tell you a funny story All about right. uh, me dating. When I was in college, um, at this point I must have been like twenty, twenty-one. Uh, you know, I, I went through a stage where I had acting really bad. Uh-huh. So I was very insecure, so I would only only try to talk to women um, online. Right. Uh, so AOL was my shit. That's why I started be talking to girls on AOL. And uh, this one, and it was, you know, a lot of people didn't have scanners back then. You may no. not have no picture. Right. So you can only go by motherfucking description. You know right, know? right. <laughs> and, and part, of my, part of my description was never that I had bumps on my face. You know? <laughs> like, man, I'm six feet tall, you know, I'm light brown skin, got locks. You know? Right. And all the bad, everything but the bad shit. Right. <laughs> and uh, matter of fact, at one time, uh, one of my, one of my boys, who he was a he was a friend of my best friend. Ed came to my apartment one time, and he had he had put, you know sent the girl a picture from AOL, and this shit was still on my computer. So if uh, if if I wanted to get a picture of somebody else, they would only give you know exchange. Right. I I would send a picture of this nigga. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I get a picture in return. I was catfishing this. <laughs> you was catfishing before you <laughs> right? So um, I meet this chick, right? Uh-huh. And we having and if yo know, if if shallow how was real, I might have I might have married somebody I met offline because I met some chicks that I had some great fucking combo with, like right. my fucking cool as shit, right? So this girl, I met this girl. She told me she was Aaron Hall's sister, right? Right. So, you know, that should have been the first sign right there that <laughs> she just can't be, but so fine. <laughs> yeah, she ain't all. Right, right. Yeah, I know, I know he, you know, women look at him as a good looking man. Right, right. right. But you know, <laughs> that's what we're waiting for. <laughs> and she sure looking like anything like him. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, they had like a. Had a nice ass crib in Jersey City. Mm-hmm. It's like late '90s, so you know this is Aaron Hall was still hot. Right, he was hot enough to have you know that boy son decent for his family. Right, was still making money, and um, I show up and 
course, she didn't look nothing like the way she described. And uh, <laughs> I probably didn't look nothing like I described either. <laughs> so, well, you showed up at her crib. Yeah, I got to the crib. And I, I knew it was actually a sister because they had like gold, gold records on the wall and shit. You know, it was an apartment. It was like in Jersey City, like Skyrise. You know? Right. You know, I go to the room and we chilling. You know, and uh, you know, we just watch TV. wasn't much conversation. We both, we both looking at each other like this motherfucker here. And at that time, you know, I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting much pussy. So I think, I, I think I still tried it anyway, even though she looked like an ant. <laughs> she looked like the ant from Pink Panther. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I don't even remember her name. Shout out to her. She she wasn't actually she wasn't that bad. I think my expectations were just very high. Right. And um, I don't know. We ended up talking after that, and we both we both gave each other pieces of each other's mind. And I was telling her she was fucked up. She told me I was a bumpy faced motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing that was good about me was my hair smelled nice. <laughs> Y'all in the room going no, in no, on no, each no. other. This was, this was after, like, we exchanging messages after at some period. I don't even know how I got there, but it got pretty fucking rude. <laughs> and, you know. How did you wait? How did that night end, though? That's what was like. You go in the room, y'all just looking just at each other. We just chilling. You know, we didn't have much conversation. I might have kissed her a little bit. Right. Um, you know, I... I've had several several AOL um, encounters where I got there and the chick was awful, but I'm like, I just drove three hours. I got to get this pussy. You're right. <laughs> just drove three fucking hours. <laughs> the fucking green giant came to the, to the door. Nigga. It don't matter. I did this 62240. I got to. <laughs> I'm here now. I got to do it. I got to do it. I drove three hours. <laughs> That remind me of one of David Arnold's joke where he talk about when you was young, you you could like take the. It didn't matter you, if if it was some pussy, you was driving. It didn't you yo you can have no front windshield. It'd be raining, but some girl promised you some pussy three hours away. You was there. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> so you bust that nut, you be like, God, damn, I gotta drive three hours back. <laughs> you manage yourself the whole fucking ride home, like man. I need help. I need help, right? I gotta stop doing it. <laughs> I done wasted a whole ton of gas. Going to see this fucking goon. <laughs> this builder beast. Right? Goon, <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. So y'all just started afterwards. It's just on that AOL just going off on each other. I don't even know why, how it started. I, I probably said something bad about her. I was a fucking asshole. I probably said something mean. <laughs> And she just, she went off like she was waiting for me to say something. <laughs> this is it. You was like, you was like, hey, girl. Yeah, you bumpy face, motherfucker. You like, damn, I just uh, said hello. No, 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 it wasn't like that. I, I, think, I think I said something. I may have said something fucked up to her first. Right. And she just retaliated. And uh, I was like, well, damn. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> That's right. That's all you. <laughs> that is hilarious, yo. This is. I, I try to keep. I try to keep the podcast short because people are just passed out. But yo, it's, it's been like a great conversation, a great podcast. I appreciate you having me on or being on it for me, man. I appreciate yeah, man. it. My pleasure, bro.
Yeah. So tell everybody how they can reach you. They can find you. You know where. Uh, uh, you know they social media everything. No, uh, my Instagram is Naimlin N A I M L Y N N. That's the thing that I'm um, uh, on the most. Twitter is just Naim the Star. Uh-huh. So I mean that's it. For sure. Uh, catch him uh, on tour right now. Just tearing up. America and overseas and everything else. Um, again, I appreciate you having uh, being on and uh, doing this for me, and uh, it was a great listen. Thanks, man. No problem, man. Anytime.